My name's Red, and I want to tell you about the Transformers. My curiosity is aroused. Decepticons, transform and rise up! Calling Autobots! Calling Autobots! This is a battle protocol! Robots with emotions. Robots who can die. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Fan Holes. We're doing one of our more, I guess you would say, traditional things this week. We're doing uh, the Transformer Tuesdays. It's something that's become pretty much a staple of the uh, Fan Holes. And just for Halloween, we thought we'd do something a little bit creepy and kooky. But before I tell you what we're going to get into, I want to go ahead and introduce who's going to be on the show today. I, myself, am Tony Chainclaw, and I got one of my fan hole regulars here with me. Uh, go ahead and shout out, sir. Uh, it's me, Mike, but I'm not actually alive. I'm, I'm a corpse that Tony thinks he's talking to. <laughs> hey, uh, good old Thunderwing. Always oh, there in a pinch. You carry my severed arm around. It, it's handy. Um, <laughs> if you're a uh, longtime reader of IDW Comics, you may have gotten the uh, reference Mike just made. We're going to be going over a Spotlight today, a Spotlight Cup. This was released way before the current uh, series of Morty Meets CI and um, what is no longer Robots in Disguise, but just Transformers, and even before All Hell Megatron, before a lot of stuff. This was back in the Furman days. This is actually a Spotlight that is not written by Simon Furman. It's actually written and illustrated by Nick Roach, which is pretty friggin' cool. And this issue actually got a lot of buzz when it first came out. A lot of people were wanting to see Cup. Cup is a very well-beloved character in G1. He came around in Season 3, and everybody knows who he is. He's a very grumpy, crotchety old war veteran, and that was kind of his whole role. He was the guy who told Rodimus how he was screwing up, and just that guy. That guy who would just jump on your ass. Um, normally, I would do kind of a synopsis, but since we're doing the comic, I kind of want to go back and forth because this is kind of a horror-related issue as far as the tone and how, like, things are drawn and stuff. So I'm just going to, like, kind of start off with, you know, with Mike, like, what did you think when you first read this? Well, first of all, like, right now, like, I'd say Nick Broach is probably one of my favorite, like, Transformers artists, period. But, like, when I, this issue first came out, like, the only other thing I had read with his art on it was Spotlight Shockwave and Spotlight Hot Rod. So that was, like, only two issues to his credit. And I, I, I really liked his art, but, uh, like, I was still kind of like, you know, I, I wasn't like, oh, it's, he's one of my favorites, but, like, with this issue, I was kind of like, wow, this is, like, really unique. Like, I felt like it was kind of stepping out of, like, the mold of, like, usual, like, Transformers art almost. To, like, to this point, we gotten a lot of anime looks, yeah. Yeah, definitely. This this was more, like, stylized, and I don't know, the way it, he kind of switches, like, styles for different, like, scenes and different like how cup perceives different things is like really like interesting and i don't know it's just a very unique looking book 
Yeah. Um, I, I just want to get your impressions first because, like I said, this is a very interesting issue. And I, I, I kind of took that away, too. I was like, this is not something I've read normally in Transformers. This is – it's not so much that it's like a groundbreaking story. It's just something different, which is always really good. Doesn't this remind you of anything, Cup? Nope. Never seen anything like this before. I guess now I'll kind of give you a little bit of a synopsis of what's going on in the uh, issue. We start off with more or less debris falling on a planet. Uh, the planet looks really kind of interesting. It's kind of barren, but at the same time, there's these crystal structures and there's there's some water and it looks very deserty. It almost looks like Tatooine from Star Wars. There's two suns and everything. Uh, then we see this alien being. He looks kind of like a robot but not a Transformer. And he's all confused and, you know, disoriented. He just crashed. And here comes Cup. He's going to save the day by knocking your goddamn head off. <laughs> and, and and that right there sets a tone, you know? You're you're like, what the hell just happened? Cup's a good guy, you know? I, I don't understand. Um, there's a lot of pros after that. It's Cup driving around uh, the planet. And he's talking about how, you know, he hears the crystals and, like, you know, how they talk to him and how they make him feel good and they energize him. And, you know, it's just this, like, weird symbiotic relationship he seems to have with them. And you could tell just by the art, Cup's been there a while. He is not looking good. He's looking very old, very decrepit. He doesn't even look like he did in G1. He He looks like... I mean, imagine if someone had made a truck in the eighteen like hundreds. You know? It looks really a... like a like threadbare, I guess. Like like all like his metal, like his skin has been stripped off, like some of his limbs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like he he's he's been through, you know, like as they they say in Vietnam movies, he he's been through the shit, you know. And he he makes his way to his ramshackle uh, hovel which is pretty much the, the remains of the ship that they crashed on on the planet. And he starts talking to his buddy, who's Outback. If you don't know who Outback is, he was another Season 3 character who didn't get a lot of screen time. He was a remold, repaint of brawn. Crikey! Crikey! Yeah, and he was also Australian, yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't mention that. Couldn't tell by the name Outback, I'm sure. Um, but the, the, the interesting thing about Outback is, is he's really fucking dead. Like, the art gives you no, like, you know, misconceptions that this guy is alive. He is missing half his body, half his face. And Cup is talking to him like he's totally fine. I mean, even the, the, like, one of the creepiest panels is, like, you know, a, a, not a close-up, but a picture of Outback. And just, like, the, uh, the, the, I guess you would say word balloon. It's not really a thought bubble, I don't know. But it just says, good old Outback. <laughs> disturbing it's just not right you know then we go into nighttime this is when things get really fucked up basically cup is trying to basically rest because even transformers need to rejuvenate they need to conserve their energy and you know try to not die he starts seeing visions at first he thinks he sees springer a very weird version of springer he convinces himself he's hallucinating which you think he might very well be. Then you see these, like, I, I call them, like, evil Optimus Primals. Uh, <laughs> they're these kind of, like, monkey, demon-looking things with red glowing eyes and 
and weird teeth, and they're just all saying his name, Cup, Cup, Cup. And Cup, at first, is, is scared, you know, rightfully so. And eventually, he, like, goes to the crystals that are there. They're everywhere. And one of them shines through the hovel. And then, I, I'm actually going through the book as I, you know, go through this. And they, like, you know, rejuvenate his spirit. And he's like, I can make it through the night. And, you know, the 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 evil beings, you know, go away. If they're even really there. Are they there? I don't know. We'll see. Cup rests and, you know, tries to get over it again. And he's backing up. He sees Springer again in his head. But then again, he's like, no, that's not him. And this is where the shit goes down. After all these hallucinations, Cup goes kind of, you know, ape shit. <laughs> he starts uh, wrecking house, is the best way to put it. <laughs> he takes out all these demons and all these evil creatures that are trying to destroy him. And right when it gets down one more left, Orbital Jump activated. And we find out that these guys are actually not the villains. They're actually Transformers. They're Autobots, and they're trying to save him. And that was a good twist. I mean, what do you, what do you think about that twist there when that happened? Yeah, I didn't expect that the first time I read this book. I thought it was just going to be all about Cup on this planet, like trying to survive and whatnot. And clearly I knew he was going nuts at this point, but I didn't think, like, anyone knew he was there or anyone was actively trying to, like, you know, save him. Once, once I saw that they, the Autobots had picked the uh, most, the conveniently monster-looking like anti-radiation suits to go with yeah, right. or whatever, like, I was like, oh, okay, well, that's kind of like, cool. like you know, evil demonic creatures. <laughs> yeah, because even if they, they like the the lone survivor, I, who do you know who that is? I don't know who it is. Uh, it's it's Siren. Oh, is it Siren? Really? Yeah. Wow. He's got the 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 upside-down T on his forehead. That's how I know it's Siren. <laughs> wow, I, well, good good catch on that. Um, he doesn't really sound like... Well, I guess he does. He's kind of yelling again. <laughs> but uh, Springer busts in, and this is basically his mission. He wants to rescue Cup. He, he feels he owes Cup, you know, his training, and he's like, he's a Cup fanboy. That's basically all it is. Siren's letting him have it. He's like, you were fucking everything up. People are dying just to save Cup. And even even though I like Cup, I I think Cup's great. Is it really worth it? And this makes Springer, you know, get a little bit, you know, pensive for a minute. And then Prowl yells at him. <laughs> and you don't want Prowl yelling at you because, well, Prowl will always win if he yells at you. <laughs> and he pretty much does. He makes Springer feel like shit again. The... Uh, and a nice little nod. Perceptor's there, and this is actually pre-Perceptor, pre-Wrecker Perceptor. Try to say that three times fast. And he's telling Springer that, you know, pretty much Prowl's right. And this is not going well. This is ending badly. And then who runs in but Red and Black Guy? Do you know who that one is, Mike? Um, It's uh one of the Spark bot. What are they called? The uh, Spark? Yeah, it's Sizzle. Yep, you're nice. right. Hey, hey, you you got the right faction. I actually knew who it was. Wow. <laughs> One of the what are they called? The Sparklers, or I forgot what they were called. The Sparkabots. I think it's just Sparkabots. Yeah. Yeah. He lets them know that he's here. 
and like you know, well, who's here? And it's like back up. That's that's what Springer says. He lets us know that there is help on the way. Well, we tried again, and we go back to a similar thing where Springer seems to be this you know disembodied hallucination, but he's not. He's actually trying to talk to Cup. He's trying to let him know that they're coming to get him. All of Cup's hallucinations have a little bit of reality to them. Springer is trying to send a transmission, but Cup just sees it as a ghost. And here come the Autobots. And here it goes again. Cup is just wailing on him. His spark's about to die, and he gets a little bit of jolt. He feels it again. And who shows up? But fucking Trailbreaker. With probably one of the best lines of any comic ever goes like, Hey, can I borrow a car to introduce? <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude. <laughs> so, yeah, just like nonchalant as hell. Um, finally, after all these years, who, who knows how long he's been on the planet? Cup Spark starts to go apeshit because he actually recognizes Trailbreaker. He sees him as Trailbreaker, and Trailbreaker being an ambient warrior. If you guys all know that. <laughs> He manages to encase a uh, cup spark inside a force field. It saves him, but at a little bit of a cost. Cup's fucked up. Very, very fucked up. However, he does manage to get him off the planet. And we have a little bit of epilogue with uh, Trailbreaker and Springer talking about how it went down and how Springer feels bad that he let his feelings get in the way. And at the end, we see a very sad sad image of Cup hooked up to life support, and we never know if he's going to come back again. Spoiler, he does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At this point, we didn't, though. Yeah, at this point, yeah, it was very much up in arms. We, we didn't know what was going on. And that is pretty much the synopsis of Spotlight Cup. I will say, like, you know, like I said, I wanted initial reactions because when you first look at this, you're really thrown out of the loop. But after I read it, this is this is just a really well-crafted, and like I said, not mind-blowing. It's not going to like win any awards or anything. But it's just a well-crafted, good story. I enjoyed it a lot. People were... This story was pretty divisive. Like, people were really, like... I don't know, like... Some people really liked it, and some people were really, like, pissed off at it, like, I guess with the portrayal of Cup in it, and, I don't know, like, that he killed, like, that innocent alien at the beginning and whatnot, and, I don't know, I, I kind of like, well, he's not in his right mind, I mean, it's not really, like, he's not a murderer or anything, I mean... Yeah, uh, well, like, I, I think that's, like, the big thing, you know, a lot of people, you know, how's the best way to put it? A lot of people say, you know, Transformers isn't a kitty property, these are real characters, they're like, you know, they have all these, like, compl and, and that's cool. I, I have no problem with people saying that. But when we actually write them having complex and, you know, like, interesting personalities or faults or, like, you know, flaws, how is that bad, you know? It's like, why why were, you know, people so angry that we actually gave Cup a character, you know? What's well, well, kind of fascinating on a, like, almost like a meta level, like, where it's kind of like those same people who, like, like are all offended that Cup's, like, portrayed like this. It's kind of like they're the, taking the side of Springer, almost, where Cup's, like, almost, like, sacred to them. And, like, you know, they Cup has to be saved. Cup has to be rescued from this, no matter the cost. And, like, I don't know. 
I guess the people who enjoyed this story are more like on prowl side where, you know, they're just kind of like, well, this is like, let's look at the facts, man. Like, this is how it is. And, you know, prowl, you can call prowl a prick or whatever, but I just uh, tend to call him pragmatic. And, you know, he, he definitely like, it's like if, if there were no rescue parties and like it was just cup on the planet and they were just trying to figure out a way to get him off the planet, then maybe I'd, if Prowl was saying, oh, just leave him there, then I'd say, oh, Prowl's being a douchebag. But yeah. the fact of the matter is, Springer is sending people to their deaths, like, trying to bring Cup. In like, droves. Yeah, yeah, so, like, who knows, like, how many, like, parties of Autobots, like, died there. So... Yeah, and, like, you know, as far as, like, you know, Cup fanboys, I'm a Cup fanboy. I love Cup. Cup is one of my favorite characters. I, I love him to death. He, his old grizzled, crotchety self. You know, to me, he—he's my Ironhide. A lot of people love Ironhide. No offense. Screw Ironhide. Cup is my Ironhide. And to me, I thought this portrayed Cup really well, because any other Autobot would have died on that planet, and obviously they fucking did. You know. Yeah. And he survived. Did he get like messed up really horribly? Yeah, but he's a survivor. And that, you know, and the zombie thing and all that stuff, messing with his head and stuff like that. And, the, you know, obviously we don't know this at this point when we read it. But, you know, a couple years later they bring Cup back and stuff. And, you know, he's still a little bit messed up, you know. He, like, he, he references it every now and then. Have you noticed that? Yeah, him being crazy at one point, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. Well, that's, I guess, like, the repercussions of this issue, I feel, were kind of, like, squandered by some of the follow-up materials. I'll like, yeah. I'll agree. Like, yeah. I like, I really liked the follow-up that Nick Roach wrote, like, in that All Hail Megatron, like, short story where he explained that, you know, Prowl had Cup rebuilt and then Prowl, like, introduced all these subroutines into Cup's mind that, like, made him act more the way that Prowl, like, wanted him to act and stuff. But then, like, that that whole, like, infestation thing where Abnett and Lanning wrote, and they kind of used Cup, the, like, the whole, like, Cup used to be crazy or whatever, like, as a, a plot device to get them out of that story, basically, and I felt that was kind of squandered. Yeah, there was basically, like, you know, a lot of stuff that Furman did, and this is, again, not a Furman story, but this is during the Furman years, where, like, you know, IDW just had some consistency issues. You know, they, they just couldn't keep a track of certain events that happened, you know? I mean, like, for for example, I really enjoy the whole Mortem ECI thing with uh, Grimlock, and he's, like, semi-retarded now. I have no idea why he's semi-retarded <laughs> Just like, brain damaged or something, I guess. I, did, I didn't see the issue where he get got hit in the head really hard. You know, I'm sure that you know Roberts will explain it. I have complete faith in him, but you know, at the same time, I'm just like, when did that happen? Last time I saw him, he was on Earth fighting with the monster bots, you know, <laughs> like against like those guys. <laughs> Another like thing that gets brought up, like from that that springs from this issue, is the fact that. The, some of the Autobots that Springer sent to go save Cup and who died like at his hands were friends of Guzzle's, and that comes up in Last Stand of the Wreckers, where Guzzle has sort of a grudge against Cup, like for killing all these guys, friends of his, and like yeah, at the, at that point like that, Cup that, the wrecker, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, and I know, like, I've in the last stand of the records, like hardcover, like some of the supplementary material, it's mentioned how that was going to come into play, but then they had to cut that plot line because there wasn't enough room for it. So, like, I guess what he called maybe it'll come into like Guzzle is still out there and Cup is still out there. So I guess maybe one day like Roberts or Roach or Barber can go back to that. But like I. I was kind of sad that some of those repercussions didn't go anywhere. Yeah, I mean, you can also tie in Springer and, you know, because he's still out there. He's in a coma, but he's still out there. Yeah, Springer's, yep, some out there somewhere, too. In a coma, yeah, yeah possibly in a coma. But. Yeah, I'm really open to bringing Springer back. He's one of my favorite Autobots. But this wasn't about Springer, this was about a cup. All in all, I mean, yeah, that's like, you know, a lot of plot lines were left dangling. As far as this being a, like, more Halloween episode... I will say, you know, Nick Roche's art was just spot on for, like, the more horrific scenes. It's like the Autobots, when they're, like, you know, in their monstrous forms as far as Cup's illusions. Like I said, before the orbital jump sequence where, like, we saw that and, you know, we saw that it was just, you know, Siren and, like, the rest of the Autobots. You really didn't know what the fuck was going on. And that was really well done. Yeah, definitely. I like it. Like, you can even tell, like, the art changes when... When it's Cup's narration, like, the art is a lot more, like, gritty and, like, dark and stylized. And then in the the real, like, when you go to the real world, it's a lot more, like, uniform and, like, you know, clean. So Yeah, yeah it looks like a regular Transformers comic. And, and like you said, even Cup, he, he looks like, you know, <clears throat> he looks like a protagonist in a horror movie. You know, he looks like he's been beaten down. He's like, you know, the sole survivor, you know, all that good stuff. You know, it's... yeah. Really, really, really nicely done. And, like, you know, I guess the, the the best thing I can say is, like, is this, like, a good horror story? I don't know. Is it creepy? Yes, but not in the ways you would think. It's not it's, creepy. It's kind of, it's it's almost like an episode of The Outer Limits or Twilight Zone or something. like. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's more mental because, yeah, there's creepy things. But the real creepy thing is how far gone cup has been you know it's, it's not so much that there's demons and stuff hunting him down it's that he sees demons everywhere that's the creepy thing you know i just like to say that uh like nick roach is probably my favorite writer in terms of writing for prowl and like i think like sort of like Furman and roberts even write prowl is almost too much of a dick uh, and, but like roach like even if Prowl comes off as cold and like you, you said that before, he like, comes off as the right amount of dick and the right amount of like this is how it's going to be. Yeah, like he he's even if he's being harsh, like his, his words make sense basically. Like yeah, well, I mean, uh, you know, just to flip back into it real quick, and this is not a selfish thing, is like, but I think you know you can't continue right now. The talents of the leader of the records could be more put to fruitful use with his team. That would be really serving your fellow Autobots. Prowl out. That's not a dick thing to say, you know? Yeah, I know. It's like, you're wasting your time here, dude. Like, you know, we're, we're, we're wasting lives and time. But, you know, and then, you know, you've got the emotional argument that, you know, Cup means something to people. And, you know, like I yeah. said, like, it seems like those very same people who might not have even liked this issue. It's like Cup is like sacrosanct, you know. I I, I, I feel like it's it, it makes sense in like a like meta meta way almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like not even in the story, just like you know, just as a character is like you're fucking with Cup, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
So, like, like, I, like I, I liked this issue, but I can, I guess, I can understand if people didn't like it. Well, well, I, I think me and you have, like, you know, conversated many times about how much we, 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 we like things to get shaken up as long as it's written well or if it's done well. You know, as long as, it, as long as the story backs up the really crazy idea, and hell yeah, we're on board. You know. Yeah, it's it's good. The story's got bite to it. Let me ask you something. Um, when you first read this story, were you, were you disappointed at all that like Outback is like the first time we meet Outback in IDW continuity and he's dead? Like like did you were you hankering for some sto- new stories with Outback, but then it was like immediately de- like like put a stop to basically. Um. Yeah. Because he first when he's talking about Out, Outback, you don't actually see him. You know, he's like, I'm going home to my best friend, you know, me and him been doing this. And then, you know, the first panel of Outback is, oh, he's 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 he's, he's really fucking dead. <laughs> and you're just like, you know, well, I don't know about, like, people reading this in general, but me, myself, I was like, the best way to put it is just, oh, man, poor Outback, that sucks, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, I think he's only ever appeared in IDW Comics again, like, as a, in a flashback in the Ironhide miniseries. But yeah. other than that, like, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I guess, uh, I know Nick Roche pretty much said, like, he used Outback because he felt that if he just used a generic guy, it wouldn't have as much emotional, like, impact to see, like, this guy, like, dead or whatever. Like, it was just some dude we didn't know, but... Like I, so I, I can agree with that. Is Outback going to be the Bucky or the uh, Uncle Ben of <laughs> IDW? Is he, you can't bring Outback back. <laughs> <laughs> Only Outback. Uh, <laughs> Outback will come back as like the uh, the Outback soldier or something. <laughs> like with a metal, a new metal arm and leg on his missing side and like half a metal, a new like mask over his face or something. Who's that Autobot? It's the Aborigine. <laughs> <laughs> the Aborigine soldier or something, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, but I mean, yeah, as, as far as your question, yeah, that did kind of like, it deflated my sales a little bit, because, I mean, I always like characters. I like new characters, or old, well, especially me and you have kind of a, we have a, sorry, this may sound vulgar, but it's not in a sexual way. We have a hard-on for characters who have not been written a lot or got a lot of characterization. <laughs> Obscure introduced. characters, yeah. Yeah, you know, it was like, we like the guys who don't get a lot of like screen time. It was like, oh, Outback, he never gets to do anything. What's he going to do in this story? Oh, nothing. Okay. <laughs> you know? I mean, yeah. I understand he he played a role in the story as far as being dead. He actually did play a role by being dead. But, um, yeah, you, you did kind of want to see him do something. You want to see him live and, like, you know, be Outback. But yeah, we just we just didn't get that chance, unfortunately. Well, I... I... I do gotta give like Nick Roche credit for like the good like u- use of characters like you know using Siren to deliver all that like angry exposition because you know Siren's a chatty guy basically so you know I, yeah, maybe... I didn't even realize that and I I could actually see him screaming that like what are you talking about? yeah I know too bad he didn't add more like emphasis to different words and whatever but and then yeah like Trailbreaker saves the day basically and like. I mean, up until that point, Trailbreaker hadn't really done, like, a lot of things anywhere, like, in Transformers fiction. I mean, you know, he just yeah, shows up in force fields. Yeah, he's kind it. of the guy, it's, like, in more than now, but before this, yeah, nothing, yeah. I did, like, uh, 
basically like it seems like his his force like in the show his force field projector kind of just you know made the force field dome or whatever. But here yeah, it kind of like seems like around him, yeah. Yeah, here it seems like he's kind of like the invisible woman or something, where he can like you know manipulate the energy of his force field, like and Mike. localize it and stuff. Mike, he's an ambient warrior. That's right. He's an ambient warrior. <laughs> you know this from the the Trailbreaker spotlight. But yeah, yeah, you get, we got Trailbreaker, we got Siren. Um, I, actually, I don't even know if at this point we really had that much to do with Perceptor. This was pre his, uh, you know, sniper record days. Yep. He's just kind of science guy here. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Um, so yeah, yeah, you know, like, and, and like you said, you know, like you, you spotted the one off guys like Sizzle. Sizzle still hasn't done much, but he, he got lines in this book. <laughs> he got to say something. Yeah. He got to say something. You know, good on him. It's like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just, and well, you know, I mean, I think that's one of the things that a lot of us miss, especially with the later spotlights, because they tended to kind of go to the big characters. We like the old spotlights where, you know, oh, it'd be a couple of big characters, and then it would be like, you know, Spotlight Blaster. You know, or spotlight blur, and like that was that was cool. You know, I, I miss that kind of stuff when they would actually interject obscure characters into them. I, I think one of the worst examples of how the spotlights kind of went off track is the Megatron spotlight, where they were just like pimping his like you know stealth bomber mode, and the other character in that is. Starscream. Yeah, I don't. Know. I I like the Megatron spotlight, and that's another like Nick Roach, both written and drawn issue. So oh no, it's well done, but I mean, it, it, it you don't get that that obscureness. I mean, it's a good issue. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but you know, you you get you get two big players. You know. Well, I, I don't know. Like I'd say, Cup is a big player. So I mean, but you know, yeah, I get you though. Yeah, yeah, we 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 didn't see as much interaction with like lesser players. You know, I mean, or or. People who had already appeared before in IDW comics, like at this point, Cuphead, like it, it, spotlights were used to introduce characters who had never appe- appeared in IDW comics. But yeah. eventually, they ran out of characters that they hadn't used yet. So <laughs> yeah. at some point, you got to you you had to use spotlights to spotlight people that had already shown up. Yeah, more more like one-off stories instead of just like you know like here's an introduction. So, but yeah, we we probably talked way too much about Cup Spotlight, which you should read. Um, actually, if I were you, if you heard what me and Mike said earlier, we are going by our trade paperbacks, and honestly, I would suggest getting all the Spotlight trade paperbacks. They're all pretty good reads. There's a couple of spotlights here and there that are kind of eh, but for the buck, you'll get a bunch of good stories. Yeah. The spotlight. I'd, I'd always say like the spotlights are the best idea that IDW's had for their Transformers line, and I hope they continue. Like, I mean, we just got a new batch of them like last year, but I hope they do another new batch of them soon. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. So you know, I mean, yeah, spotlights totally worth looking into. Uh, as far as Halloween goes, again, I would say this is a good good book for Halloween. It's got that mental thing and it's got that kind of horror thing, which you don't see a lot in Transformers, so I definitely give it a thumbs up for a Halloweenish and creepy you know, episode of uh, Cup's mental illness. <laughs> you are the Autobot called Cup. You are Cybertron's chief of security. Nah, my name's Teaspoon and I'm Cybertron's chief dishwasher. But otherwise, uh, anything else you have to say about this issue, sir? 
Well, that's pretty much it. I liked it, and I recommend it. Ditto. I agree wholeheartedly. So until next time, this is Tony Chainclaw for the Transformer Tuesdays on the Fanholes Podcast, and signing off. What about you, sir? It's Mike Thunderwing. Now let's go beat people up with severed arms. <laughs> go whack people on the head. <laughs> comparing this spotlight to like a episode of the Twilight Zone it's like they should have gotten like William Shatner to play cup in it or something it's like there's there's demons outside the house like like outback. don't you see them out back don't you don't you see them it's like spark <laughs> they could have got Burgess Meredith to play Springer <laughs> don't you know he's the greatest Autobot of all time <laughs> finally had time to save him. There was finally time. <laughs> there was time now. <laughs>